The Dental Download Podcast is your source for insight into dental school, conversations with dentists, specialists, and leaders in the industry. With new episodes every Monday morning, I'm your host, Haley Schultz. Let's get into this week's episode. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Okay. Hi, everyone. We have another guest here today. Could you just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your background? Yeah, my name is uh, Jay Mali, and uh, I mm, am an accountant by training. And uh, I've been working uh, on dentists' tax returns for decades now. And my practice based here in South Florida uh, serves the dentists from all over the country. And uh, we do it from here, as I said, in South Florida, near Fort Lauderdale. And uh, we, most of our dentist clients are uh, either practice owners or they are associates who are paid on 1099 not the w2 ones so that is uh, what i do i develop different strategies to lower the tax burden for dentists and uh, that is all i do in my life (laughs) awesome i know with finances for dentists there's so many things you could cover as you even mentioned yourself there's the taxes there's the business ownership aspect For a lot of my listeners that are students right now, it's the student debt that they're thinking about too. So I would love to talk through some of those and hear your expertise and tips. So I thought we could start with student debt options. Do you have any advice for determining what payment strategy makes sense from person to person? Well, yes. Well, the best advice and the easiest advice for a dental student is to take the minimal amount of debt. Um, unfortunately, it is easier said than done. So these days, I am seeing dentists coming out of dental schools with half a million dollars in debt, around that much. Uh, and this is, a, by the way, a more recent phenomenon. It, in the years ago, this was not the case. We would see a dentist coming out with $100,000, $150,000. So the education has become expensive and all that. Plus, I will also tell you frankly, I think that uh, uh, the dental students, uh, uh, they when they see they can get money, uh, they don't think about repaying it and they get too much and they spend too much. So we have these younger dentists who are spending way too much during their student years. So that so the best and the basic advice is to be careful uh, when getting debt into debt and when spending it. 
And as for repayment strategies themselves, I often hear students ask the question or new graduates at that point, should I be focusing on taking my dental income and investing it and trying to grow that money or paying off my loans as fast as possible? So more payment month to month. Well, think in these terms. The professional level investors, uh, they mostly don't invest their money if they need that money within the 10 year time frame. So because the returns on investments are very uncertain in the shorter term. But as you grow, as the time grows, time frame grows, the, the it becomes more likely that you will make some money on your invested money. Uh, I have uh, doctors who ask me, I advise them that it is better to start uh, repaying the debt um, and uh, get out of it quicker if possible. Uh, Because the interest you are paying on debt, when you save that, that is a guaranteed return you are getting on money. And nobody can guarantee that. For example, I'll give you a rough example. 5%, uh, if you are paying 5% on your student debt, and when you pay, say, $10,000, you have saved now 5% on that forever until you would have paid otherwise later. Now, nobody in the world can guarantee you a 5% return on your investment. But here, you are guaranteeing yourself 5% return. So to me, it makes sense that first start paying it. The other thing is, if you have paid off your debt earlier or most of it, you have more options in your career then. You can take risks. You can take different jobs. You can buy into a practice. You can look for partnerships and whatnot because then you're not carrying this whole burden of debt. That makes a lot of sense. And in terms of tax saving strategies, would you say most of the options out there are for the business owners, the practice owners, or is there anything that associate dentists can do as well? Well, as far as tax is concerned, there's very little you can do if you are a W-2 employee associate. Now, generally in today's market, if you come out and work for a DSO or a bigger DSO or even with a bigger group, there is most of the time you will be a W-2 employee. They are not going to, most of them are reluctant to give you a, an a independent contractorship or 1099 status. Uh, but smaller than, uh, smaller groups or, you know, one, two doctor practices, they, they are more amenable to that, to give you a 1099 instead of a W-2. You know the difference or you want me to explain the difference? I think it would be helpful to explain the difference too. Okay, good. So the W-2 is an employee. So you are paid a paycheck from with your social security and your Medicare and your income taxes withheld and you get the net. Okay, So then you are that you are employee. 
and then the other status as opposed to a W2 is 1099. 1099 is one form you get after the year is over. And that you only get if you are an independent contractor. Okay. So which means that you are an independent person working for that practice, doing what needs to be done. <laughs> they do, excuse me, they do not control you, but you are basically independently. So, so these are two differences. So, but when you are 1099, they don't withhold any tax. Say, for example, they, you agree that they'll be paying you 32% of your collections. So basically, they will calculate the 32% of your collection and write a check to you. Now, it's your responsibility to pay your tax on it and uh, deal with all that money. So these are two differences between 1099 and W2. So coming back to the tax saving strategies, most of the tax savings is only available to people who are either on their practices or who are an independent contractor as a 1099 person instead of a W-2 person. Gotcha. So do you find that the added stress and things to work out with being a 1099 employee, like you have to handle your own taxes and everything. Do you think that's still the better way to go if people can get an independent contractor position? Yes, it is. Uh, I am, uh, well, it depends on the personality of, you know, your own personality. Uh, it's not as much stress for most people. It can be done. Um, uh, but uh, some people do get stressed and for them, I mean, they have, they have to make their own choice, but the difference can be significant in terms of tax savings between the two status. And then there are certain other advantages. So when you are a 1099 independent contractor, well, the employer is not paying their share of Social Security and Medicare on you. So they're saving about 7.5% of what they're paying, right? which they would have otherwise done. So they are more likely to negotiate with you and give you either more in terms of compensation or some other benefits. So, you know, to, to help you along with that. Yeah, that makes sense. And in terms of ownership now, if you own your business, you obviously have a lot more options of tax saving strategies to implement. Can you talk through some of the ones that are often overlooked? Yes, the uh, for the new dentists, which are which is your audience, will be coming out. You know, the first thing is that uh, realistically, a doctor coming out of the dental school will generally find it hard to buy a practice, right, or do a startup right away. Uh, it's not as practical to do that. You need to go find a way to work somebody, somewhere with somebody, under somebody's supervision. Now I have been hearing a lot that the, I mean, it's not about the professionalism of dentists, but somehow <clears throat> the schools are not training uh, the potential dentists in all those procedures which they need to do from day one in their practice. So that is why um, they have to go and work with somebody somewhere, a few years, two, three years, some people say is enough. So that is, um, that's a realistic expectation. 
uh, once you have done that, then the few of the dentists feel the other part is that you need to work practic practically in a dental practice uh, the whole day for a number of days, two, three years, to realize whether you want to do it full time and for rest of your career or not. Because it also happens that we see some dentists come out and they work somewhere, they're bent upon buying their own practice. But once they have seen the practice from inside their work there, they decide, nah, this is not for me. I'm going to work for somebody, be an associate, and I'm happy with it. I don't want to deal with all the stresses of running a practice. Yeah. Um, so many, many decide not to go that route. Now, of the those who left, you can see this is a subset of the dentist graduating from dental school. That subset, which is much, which is relatively smaller. If you are one of that and decide, the first big thing you can do uh, when you're going to do a startup or buy a practice, tax-wise, this is a tax advice, but it helps uh, with the overall financial. Uh, is to find somebody okay, who has experience in working as an accountant within the dental industry and bring them on board and work with them even before you start the process of looking for a practice. That is the very basic advice. Many doctors don't follow it. And what ends up is they buy a practice and then realize they have missed a lot or they bought the wrong type of practice, and or they didn't know how to analyze it. So that's why it is important that you first work with somebody. It's hard to do it all yourself. I know these days with social media, there is a lot of information available, and that is very helpful. But it still doesn't replace a person. So we can reach out to an accountant, a dental-specific accountant, to review for example, like the books of a practice or something to make sure it really looks as profitable as they say it is and you're paying a fair price. Yes. Plus, you need their advice how to structure the purchasing contract or you will purchase because there are things in which if you can do which can be tweaked, which can help you later in taxes. Interesting. Is that just like in terms of your amount like your payment plan or what yeah, amount you are thing? paying say you okay. are buying a practice for say a million dollars that million can be divided in different buckets for example you pay one bucket for the equipment you are buying and the second bucket you pay for the goodwill of the practice the dentist's good name and the patient records and all that so how you allocate that money that also helps if you have, if you if you allocate it correctly, you will later save more in tax. Interesting. Yeah, that's a good advice to get started early with an accountant. So you're making those right steps as you get going. I was also wondering because we've had some speakers that are very successful, dentists, but also own other businesses as well, and they were basically saying, if you have something, you can use it as a deduction for. Can you use one thing as a deduction for multiple businesses? Like, for example, your car, stuff in your home office, or does it have to only go towards one business? Like if you have your dental practice and like a real estate that you do or something. Yeah, you can divide the expenses of that asset, for example, the car, and use some for your real estate and some for your dental practice. 
Interesting. Okay. Do you but, find but you can't use one two times? It has to be yeah. divided. You can't actually divide it. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other part, I would like to. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, what I'm noticing as well is that uh, in the dental groups, I noticed this is that oh, everybody is trying to push something except dentistry on the new dentist. Invest in real estate with me, invest in this, this is a return block. So maybe call me old fashioned, but when I hear that, I say, okay. So the doctor is spending, getting into debt for half a million dollars, spending four years of their life learning a, a profession. Instead of doing that, even before they start in it, they are saying, I'm gonna be a real estate investor. So doctor, why don't you drop all that and become a real estate investor from day one? Very true, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so why why is that? You see, grass is always greener on the other end. Okay, And what I have noticed is I've been working with doctors, but not only dentists, but in the past, I used to work with MDs and chiropractors and all. And in many cases, uh, for average doctors, I noticed that they were, uh, the biggest amount of money they made was because of their, practice okay so for a dentist most dentists will make most of their money in their life by putting their hand in the people's mouths that is the reality okay now along the way a lot of people will come and they'll want them to invest and they want to invest especially the younger ones i'm seeing real estate is a big thing now okay uh, but when i look at those deals which they are first thing is you Okay. Yeah. So you were just mentioning how you find that a lot of dentists, especially younger dentists are very interested in like other business ventures besides their dental practice. Um, we're just explaining about that. Yeah. And and there's nothing wrong with that. That's perfectly fine. But there's also nothing wrong with if you think your heart is in real estate investments, for example, then go be a real estate investor. Why are you spending so much money and getting in debt? to be a dentist. Mm-hmm. So, the, I mean, all of us make, make mistakes in life. If you think you have made a mistake by getting admission in a dental school, so, and you realize, say, in year two, okay, if you're in day two, you realize that, oh, fine, just drop it there and go do so whatever you want to do. Why to keep continuing that when you know you're not going to do it, you don't want to do it, you are against it. So that is one aspect of it. I would also like to share with you something else. Um, There is a lot of negativity around dentistry, especially now. Oh, it's hard to make money. You can't make money. This is not, and you have to work hard. And Well, you have to work hard. Nobody gives you money for free. But the fact is that dentistry is a very profitable profession. Okay, maybe it was in the past, it was more profitable. Now it is not as much, but still it is. I have a proof for that. The smartest money in the world is considered money with private equity firms. Private equity money, you know, they invest because they buy businesses, they restructure them, and then they sell them, making a lot of profit. They only go for those businesses because they have to make a lot of money to give to their investors and keep their profit share, that they only buy businesses which are very profitable. 
So right now for the last few years, they are buying, they are like dying to buy dental practices. So if smart money is going after buying dental practices, there got to be money in it. They, they can see these MBAs from Harvard and Yale and all that Ivy League schools, if they are doing it, they, they got to be money in it. So there is money. So this all this, I think this negativity has gone a little too much. So the younger people coming in out, they are like, oh, I don't know if I can make it. Oh, well, a lot of people are making it and doing very well. So I think a lot of that stress, like we talked about student loans before with it being more than it was in years past, or as you were saying, dentistry is still very profitable, but maybe not as what much as it was in the past. And people are looking at their long-term looking at when can I retire? How can I retire comfortably? And I know that's something else that you um, teach about. So what advice do you have for retirement planning? And do you recommend any other kinds of passive income, income besides just focusing on your dental practice? Well, passive income is from income for your assets, for your money, which you have extra, right? Which you can invest. That's a very definition of investing. So, uh, for the, but if you want to borrow and invest, then you are not an investor. Then you are something else. It's a totally different category. Uh, so as you go along, now there used to be a time, uh, I am dating myself now, if you were a dentist, you could hang your shingle anywhere. And if you are kind of even below average dentist in terms of how your dentistry skills are, and if you still put about 25, 30 years into it, you retired as a multimillionaire, you, was, you were okay. Well, now those times have passed. That is the reality. Now you have to uh, apply yourself, learn the latest techniques. And if you do that, then you start accumulating money, which you can put towards your retirement. It helps if you start saving towards your retirement early. Okay. But at the same time, it doesn't help because what, what I see a lot is all, the, all these people who want you to invest money, they are the ones who will make money off of your money. They're not giving you this advice for free. They want you to invest so they can take their share on top of that. But if you pay off your debt first, nobody else gets paid. So all your money goes towards paying down your debt. Okay. So you have to be aware who is giving you advice and what's the reason behind that. So coming back to the uh, retirement, yes, retirement savings is a good idea. Everyone should do it as soon as they can, but not before they are ready, which means first take care of your other things and then start. Uh, it doesn't mean that the money, uh, you, you, you waste your money. No, you put your money towards paying down your debt, say, getting a reasonable home, you know, if you want to start a family, doing that, all this, and then you start putting money away towards your retirement. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. And before we wrap up, I wanted to know if you have any final advice or like closing thoughts you want to leave the listeners with. 
Well, the first thing which I said, I said earlier, it's still a very profitable profession. So no need to get depressed. Okay. There's a lot of money in it to be made. If you are in it for the money, there is money. And if you are for lifestyle, it's a good lifestyle. And there's a prestige in it. And it's a prestigious profession. And uh, uh, one should start early as far as money part is concerned. And starting early is that you start in the very first step is that you start with lower debt. Try to be as frugal as possible. And once you come out and then stay frugal uh, and you, you'll be all right in the long run. That's a great way to end things. And if people have questions for you or they're graduating and looking for a dental accountant, how can they reach out to you? Well, uh, I have a website, which is my name, jmalik.com, J-A-Y-M-A-L-I-K.com. The firm I, which I work, I'm one of the principals is called Less Tax for Dentists. So there's one, lesstaxfordentists.com. You can send me an email from there. I'm also on the social media, send me a direct message or whatever you feel like. And I, I'm always there to help and respond. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Nice talking to you.